listening to Her Body on Body IOFM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance, with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Bodyio FM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and today we have on a guest who, at one point or another, was also a client, and I really like this theme, actually, because I've been doing this a little bit more, and the feedback has been awesome, so I kind of want to make it a regular thing, maybe in every other episode type of deal. So today, we have Crystalline Kazi on the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Good. Are you enjoying the intense Arizona heat? Uh, no, that I could do without, <laughs> but you know, we're surviving. <laughs> you learn to adapt. You do. Yeah, you just don't go outside. That It's the opposite of winter everywhere else. Right. Get the, you don't actually get the snowbirds right now. They usually come in the winter, right? Because it's... E- I feel like they the wait until it's burn. like less than 90. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And then you haven't been there for that long, have you? No, I'm coming up on three years. Yeah. And you were where before that? Uh, Portland, Oregon. That's right. Quite different. Yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock and a temperature shock. Yes, I'm sure. How did your hair react? I only asked because you have beautiful curly hair. And I know that mine reacted really different when I lived in that heat. And I can only imagine what it's like for yours. <laughs> um, it actually, most of the year, responds a lot better. Uh, right now, if you were to see me, I it's a little humid out because we are getting ready for a monsoon. And it, I look like I have um, a tumbleweed on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of appropriate for the desert. It kind of. If it wasn't dyed pink, I would just blend right in. Oh, that's true. It's pink now. (laughs) Don't say too many pink tumbleweeds. No, 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 not not too much. (laughs) Well, we will be sure to share your information with everybody who's listening so they can find you on your social channel so people can check out your pink hair. Um, But also (laughs) the awesome things that you talk about on your page, both like diet related, um, but also I love the... Uh, skincare facts that you share I do watch them by the way oh you're one of the few uh, yeah I know that you ask you're like do people even watch this I'm like I do I'm listening (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate good skincare tips well good I'm glad that somebody does (laughs) so just um in talking about that can you tell us a little bit about what you do professionally now only because I bring up the skincare um, well, I am, um, I've been a nutritionist for a long time, not necessarily practicing for the full decade, but for about a decade. Um, but, um, I'm also an esthetician. I, I specialize in acne and problematic skin. Um, and I own a little spa here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wonderful. I imagine that people need good skincare out there because I know I had a hard time when I was out there with oh skin. for sure when I moved out here my skin freaked out mm-hmm. um it just the the harsh environment is it's it's hard on our skin it's hard on our hair it's hard on everything yep, it is it actually did make certain eating habits hard too because you're just uncomfortable when you're hot yes uh I personally just want to eat ice cream <laughs> Uh, popsicles, anything cold. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite of like being in the, in winter, like in your cold winter, like you want like, like comforting foods that are going to like warm you up and, you know, maybe, I don't know. I just didn't want any of that. No, saying. nothing heavy it is completely unappealing. Right. You almost have to force yourself to, to eat. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you, let's do a little backtrack on how, on the nutrition side first. So how did you get into that? Because it's obviously you've been doing it for, or at least practicing it on your own for quite a while. How did you get into that? Tell us a little bit of that backstory. 
Um, well, I have a bachelor's degree in biochemistry and I had, um, when I was an undergrad, I, I happened to take a nutrition course as just part of my electives um, and became totally fascinated with the subject. I had um, every intention of going in straight into med school, but um, the professor that taught the nutrition class obviously saw some promise in me, and he's like, you should um, apply for this master's program that's coming up next year. They only let in a certain number of people. I think that you'd be really good. I'll write you a letter of rec. Um, and because I was, I was really young when I was taking my bachelor's, I thought that it might be a good way to segue into medicine. Um, I ended up getting accepted, got a full ride. Um, Loved my program. It was a, a dual program in nutrition and physiology, um, very research-based. Uh, I got to work with U of O Athletics. Um, that's in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and, and really, it was what kicked off my, my almost obsession with nutrition. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And was there a specific area within nutrition that you had a, a special interest in or, or were focused on? Um, at the time, mine was more food allergy related um, and preventative nutrition. Uh, I have celiacs, so that's been a problem for me. Um, and just finding ways to uh, help patients overcome some allergies and um, health concerns mm -hmm. through nutrition rather than going through uh, traditional medicine and, and giving them a pill. Um, now, which I, I didn't really mention before, but I'm currently working on my PhD and my emphasis is in endocrinology. So uh, the, the study of hormones and how you can manipulate that with nutrition. Which is very, very important and something that I come across more often than not with clients and there being uh, hormonal yeah. issues. Oh, totally. It's, it's what I saw over repeatedly over the years. And, um, it, it ended up driving me to, to want to go further into it. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. The rabbit hole. Yes. I could, <laughs> like I said, I get a little obsessive, <laughs> but it's so interesting and fascinating to, to discover all the connections that are there when it comes to hormones and how important and relevant they are to each other, not just to it, overall health. And how finely balanced they are. Like one gets thrown off and it causes this domino effect to all the others mm -hmm. and how that help that interferes with some of your other systems functions. Yep. Greatly. Great. Yeah. Very interesting. So going back to when you were initially going to school. <laughs> okay, I know where this is going. Um, okay, yes, when I was initially going to school, um, part of my fascination with nutrition was um, – <laughs> I had a little bit of, no, I didn't have a little bit of, I had a very large problem. Um, I, from a very young age, started to restrict food. Um, being a bit of a control freak, um, I thought that I could manipulate my diet and uh, solve the world's problems. Um, <laughs> And, a lot of responsibility to take on as a, a young person. It, it, it is. Um, it was my way of controlling everything. Um, but I used the knowledge that I was gaining to probably manipulate things a little bit more. Um, and, oh, oh gosh. Um, it wasn't actually until I finished my master's program 
um, that I, I came out and, and admitted that I, I was out of control. Like I, I had a problem. Um, and, and that was when I was, uh, so severely underweight that I could no longer hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's my story. Um, I was what they diagnosed as a restrictive binger. Um, it's on the anorexia scale. And um, I dieted myself down to 105 pounds. Um, I'm nearly 5'7", so that kind of gives you an mm-hmm. idea of how thin I was. Um, and that's that didn't just happen overnight. That took years to build up to and subsequently caused years of health problems as well. I'm sure. And yeah. you were at, at the same time you were practicing. Um, yes. Uh, all during school I was, uh, working with, uh, patients within the clinic. I was working with the University of Oregon Athletics Department. Um, so I was giving nutritional advice to hundreds of people and meanwhile not taking any of it myself. Um, and, and even uh, post-grad, I uh, was working in a clinical setting doing this the same thing um, it made it a little harder for me as I started um, admitting more and more to myself that uh, I I was a fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, as it became more apparent, um, I kind of stepped away from doing the counseling, um, focused more on other aspects, and uh, and realized like I had to distance myself, otherwise. I, I wasn't gonna be able to do it because I was taking on too much of it and, um, and really making myself worse. Yeah, I could see that. Very yeah. conflicting, I imagine. It, it was, and on one hand, I did have the base of knowledge. I did know what I was talking about. I just wasn't applying it to myself. Right. And I feel like that's a, a, an important part of the process in, in being able to give advice not just give advice but like you said if you're if you're counseling someone and you're trying to understand you know their struggles where they're coming from if you haven't been able to practice any of that on yourself it's hard to feel confident in giving advice exactly and now that I've I've done the work um I've had a lot of time I've processed through it I feel like it's also made me a better practitioner I'm sure. Um, I'm a lot more empathetic, understanding, and I feel like I can connect with my clients. I also have a great big tool bag now to pull from because I've been <laughs> I've been through so much therapy um, that I have a lot of ways that I can help them. Right, right. And I think having, I mean, I talk about the tool bag all the time. I feel like almost every episode I, I mention the tool bag and <laughs> just how important it is that everyone you know, has their own and they continue to add more tools to the box because even if there's a tool in there that you haven't used for 20 years, there's a really good possibility that it's going to come up again. And just knowing, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's the type A, you know, being overprepared. I'd rather have like a shit ton of tools that I never need to use than feel like I, I'm unprepared. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm exactly the same way. Um, I I have everything set up in like a step one, step two, step three, and um, I start pulling them out of the bag one by one. And as one works and the other doesn't, I I rearrange. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely been effective and and very helpful to my clients who can then move on and share that information and apply it to themselves. Right. So how did you, I have like a ton of questions, so I have to figure out which direction I want to go in first. How did you, okay, so you're going through 
the counseling and you're obviously still educating yourself with through the schooling that you were doing was there an area of nutrition that you were practicing on yourself and I'm, I'm thinking area of nutrition like an approach that you were taking oh my gosh um you know, like some people were like into calorie counting some people were into macro counting or obviously your celiacs you had that awareness already right um the approach that i actually took towards the end of grad school um and for probably a year and a half afterwards was well first of all i went vegetarian because meat's gonna kill you um (laughs) (laughs) i feel like almost everyone has that phase even if it's just really really brief yeah, I did a week internship with PETA, Ben, oh <laughs> and it scarred me for life, um, and that caused me to go t- to veganism. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, um, and I just, a little side note, I am a rancher's daughter, Um <laughs> So you can imagine how well that went over. Um, well, but anyway, I, I grew up eating meat and fresh vegetables, a very healthy diet, and then suddenly meat was evil. I was taking it out of out of everything, um, and then let's make that even better and take out all animal products. P.S. You can't eat most grains and soy is out of the question because it also contains gluten. Right. Yeah, so what did you eat? I ate a lot of vegetables and nuts, a lot of nuts, which uh, I, I have a, like, yes, they're calorie dense and yes, they have a lot of nutrients, but they also are extremely high in ascorbic acid. So that can, impair your nutrient absorption Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for two years I uh, basically progressed into complete malnourishment oh my goodness Um, I was consuming maybe just a little bit of protein you get from the nuts uh, a little bit from pea protein which at the time it was very hard to find anything that didn't contain soy in it um like it, it was just, I was a hot mess. Um, and it, it's amazing that I functioned for as long as I did on that diet. I was wondering that, what that was like, especially, I mean, you were still going to school. You still had to, you were studying, you were trying to retain information. Like how, how did that work? Oh, and I was dancing full time still. But yeah, so, we, did, we did forget to mention that part. Oh. Let's just do like a really quick backtrack because that's, it, this is very relevant. Um, yes, I, I used to be a ballet dancer, um, uh, professionally. Um, I did that all through school. Um, and it, it kind of fueled my obsession with nutrition and was actually the driving force behind me taking my very first nutrition class because it was nutrition for athletes and dancers. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Um, but it was also a, had a lot to do with that nagging little voice in the back of my head that was telling me to restrict, 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 because it was all around me. I'm sure. Yes. Um, and I, as you, you probably know now, like, I've got quite a bit of muscle on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a little girl. Um, so fitting in the, to the traditional ballet scene, um, required me to, to, to really restrict my calories. Um, and I think that because I was so involved in that world, um, and around just small people who already didn't eat very much, um, not all of them, but a lot of them, it's it doesn't come naturally. That body, that's ideal. Right. Um, I, I think that that's how I got away with it for so long, and how I didn't notice that there was anything going wrong with me. Well, it was just normal. 
Yeah, that's it was my around. You don't know any different. Right. Um, and it, it really wasn't unless I would go home to visit um, like my parents or my grandmother and somebody would comment like, have you lost more weight? Mm-hmm. That it would even occur to me like, have I? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because you see yourself on the on a daily basis and everybody around you that sees you on a daily basis, you don't really make those little notes that um, maybe your hair is getting more dull or thinner. Uh, Now your ribs are showing and they weren't last week. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that unless you go a while, that gradual disintegration isn't as obvious. Well, and I think it works in, in the opposite direction, too. And that's how people can put on, you know, a few pounds here or there. And a year later, they're like, oh, my gosh, how did I gain 10 pounds? Exactly. All the time, which is part of why we do progress pictures. It's because they're they're telling in, in any direction. They're telling. I know. I hated you so much when you made me do progress pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's excited about that, if that helps. <laughs> Like, well, okay, just we're not going to spend much time on this, but I just got like a, 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 a visual of, you know, the first round of pictures I always get from people, they're either like straight up mug shots, like they're like <laughs> pissed off, they're clearly unhappy and resentful that I'm making them do this, or I don't see their face at all because they've just cut it off. <laughs> I think that I used to do that all the like, time. I would I crop it can't. because I'm like, I'm scowling at her. I can't show my face. <laughs> but then over time you know with those faces and sometimes sometimes there's like a little smirk sometimes there's a straight up smile it's great it's just really fun to see so okay that was my I, side I tangent <laughs> i make people do it now too because of you so well, it's just helpful <laughs> just like keeping a food log like it's it's part of our storytelling <laughs> it it is and and what you see on a monthly or weekly basis is definitely different than what a client sees. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, backtracking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we? I forgot. So you were, the only time that you would notice is if when you would go and see family and they would comment on the weight loss. Yes. Um, And this happened over a period of a couple of years. And again, I I got really good when I started to notice and I was still trying to keep my issue under wraps. I got good at hiding it. Mm -hmm. Um, Lucky me, uh, Oregon winters are miserable. Um, So I I wore lots of clothes, lots of layers. Mm -hmm. I was almost always in tights in a leotard and I would wear two, three pairs of pants layered on top of that. Plus, you know, multiple shirts. Um, and I just, I looked very well padded and normal. Um, the fact that I had giant hair too, to hide behind, (laughs) (laughs) um, made it even easier. Like I, I could easily, disguise the fact that I was wasting away. So what was the turning point for that? Um, I, I had gotten to where I I was having a hard time functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was having chronic injuries. Um, I had stress fractures in both of my feet. Um, So walking hurt, dancing wasn't just awful. Um, My hips were hurting. Uh, I knew knew that um, I wasn't getting better. Um, And it also also was at a, a point to where I was out in the real world um, and just not able to go a million miles an hour like I was used to. Um, only now I couldn't blame the fact 
that I was a student because I always thought like, oh, once school's over, I'm going to have like all of this energy and free time. Hmm. Um, and I was actually getting less and less energy and less and less free time. Um, and I, I just, I wasn't functioning yeah. at all. Um, so that was, that was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do was admit I had a problem and then admit that I needed help and telling my dad, like, oh my God, it killed me. (laughs) Um, and I was so ashamed so ashamed like I remember telling him like just don't tell my brothers please don't tell my brothers um but he got me the help that I needed I was checked in to a inpatient clinic um which wasn't wasn't a good experience I I now work with some of those um, clinics and I, I, I still have a problem with the system. Um, however, it got me up to a healthy weight to where I could get out and get and live my life while also like continuing to work on myself and things. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't over after I got out of that clinic. <laughs> Of course not. I mean, if it's something that had been the way that you lived for as long as it went on, that's not something that's going to change overnight. It's going to be probably a lifetime. It it is. um, Any form of eating disorder, whether it's restrictive, binging, um, any of them, body dysmorphia, that that doesn't go away ever, Mm -hmm. that mindset. You can work on it. You can improve it. You can work around it to be a better you, but it's always going to be with you. Yeah. So. I agree. so how do you manage things now? Um, well, now, now, to be honest, I have been kicked on my ass enough time. Oops, sorry. I, I swore. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's very rare that I do, but it happens. Sorry. Um, I do that a lot. Um, but I've been knocked down enough times that, um, it's really put things into perspective. Um, still every time that I go through a stressful period in my life, um, those natural instincts to punish myself with restriction, um, they, they come first, Mm -hmm. but, um, like I said, I pull out the toolbox um, and I start going through things and reminding myself that it, it's not that bad. There are other ways to cope. Um, and now I have, I wouldn't say perfect. I am far from perfect, but I have a happy balance. Um I don't take anything in life that seriously for very long. I like to, to joke about just about everything. Um, if you can't find the humor in it, what's the fun? Um, and I, I know when I'm starting to get neurotic and I'm starting to get a little crazy towards food and I, I kind of laugh it off and, and go the direction I know I should go. Um, it, it's not always simple and there's often times where I struggle for weeks on end, but eventually we get back on track. And uh, so much so that I've gone over the past year, um, I've gone the opposite route. I've been experimenting with adding more and more food into my diet. Um, Sounds fun. Oh my God, it's been so much fun. <laughs> Uh, and now I eat like a linebacker (laughs) (laughs) and you don't look like one at all. You look great. Oh, thank you very much. Like (laughs) that was the biggest shock to me too. I'm like, holy cow, I can put some food away and I still have abs. (laughs) (laughs) Such a fun process. (laughs) 
It is. It is. I love it. And that's what I, I love about uh, the Carb Night and the Carb Backloading Program. Um, I've been on it for, gosh, five, almost six years now. I know. I was trying to think back actually to when we first connected and it was a very long time ago. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. And it, I had been doing it for a while before then. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I reached out to you because I didn't know how to incorporate fitness or, and I wanted to take it to that next level Yeah, and I needed help because I tend to get neurotic when I try to take things to the next level. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were, we talked about competing in fitness. Yeah. Cause I like, if I'm going to do something to do like all the way. Right. Of course. Why wouldn't uh, you? I know. <laughs> Never mind that I had a few other things going on too. She did. She came to me and she was like, I'd really like to do this really incredibly hard, time consuming, challenging thing. But I'm also doing like 25 other really hard, time consuming, challenging things. So help me do that. <laughs> I did. Um, and this is why even even coaches need coaches because I can remember multiple times you'd be you wouldn't say it outright like I often say things to my clients but you did keep me in check and be like uh, girl you're going crazy like <laughs> no <laughs> no you can't do that <laughs> it sounds like a good idea but it's really not well sometimes yeah. it didn't even sound like a good idea I was like you're just crazy <laughs> yeah you, you were very you uh, sweet about it though <laughs> <laughs> well you know everyone has a different approach and you gotta feel yeah. the person out too. I didn't want to just knock down your dreams. I know, and you were—you're very good at like making me think it was my idea, <laughs> and so like major props for that. <laughs> Thanks. It, it's a longer process in doing that, but at least then I'm not just like, well, you know, you want—I want you to be able to see <laughs> what I see, and sometimes it takes a while. It, it does mm-hmm. uh, because of you, though, like. I found a new love for fitness and lifting heavy things and like completely changed my body. Which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go back once you've lifted heavy things, I feel like. No, no. See, I can't dance the way I used to, so now I just lift heavy stuff. There you go. <laughs> Still moving your body in a beautiful way. Yes, a little less gracefully. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but you probably eat, get away with eating a lot more food, too. I yeah like I never would have been able to do that when I was still skinny fat (laughs) did you feel like the making that first sort of I don't what were it's okay backtrack question what were you doing nutritionally prior to finding carb night and carb backloading um let's see I oh gosh See, and we'd have to backtrack even more. Um, so okay. <laughs> we're all over the place here. Okay. If we, the year after I got out of rehab um, and was still, still really getting back on my feet and trying to figure stuff out health-wise, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, and like I said, a lot of the, the problems that I developed through punishing myself with food ended up having like this, the slew of health issues later down the road, cancer being one of them. Um, I spent two years in treatments during which points I do what I do best and I researched Every alternative medicine possibility there was, um, every diet, I think I juiced for a couple of months, felt lousy on that, um, did low glycemic, uh, alkalinic, like I, I did all of these diets that are supposed to be super great for you, um, raw diets, it just 
<laughs> they're supposed to help you through cancer treatment. And I honestly think that they made me more sick. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I, I think I tried everything during that process. Well, I'm sure there was a level of desperation at that point, too. Yes, I I was. I was scared and I was willing to, to try anything. Um, but there came a point where I was like, this just is not working. And if I'm going to continue down this route, I, I really need to enjoy my life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started just incorporating more of a balanced diet into my system. Um, I still think that I was going towards more what was considered a fad healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in Portland at the time, so uh, they're they're very big there on all sorts of, you know, healthy food. They're also a foodie city. They are, and there's Um, a lot of delicious food there. And there's a lot. Um, so it, but it was still more of like traditional low fat, I would say, Mm -hmm. um, high carb, just mine was more centered around fruits and vegetables. Uh, so like kind of like clean eating. Yeah, basically. Um, my problem was, is that my energy levels were just shocked. Um, and I, I was looking for an answer to that when I came across Kiefer's book. Um, I was just tired, just Mm -hmm. super tired. I was running because I had replaced dancing with running because that's a good idea. Um, (laughs) So, like, I have no idea why I had no energy. I was just (laughs) running 40 miles a week, eating a low-fat diet, and, like, burning the candle at both ends. Pretty much. Mm And And trying to recover on top of that. Right. (laughs) I just, gosh. And then, again, I was trying to practice, and I felt like a fraud. I'm like, well, I'm super tired. I can't figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but here I'm giving people advice. Um, but when I found Kiefer's, the first carb night, um, I read it in like a day. And I did pretty much too. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is happening? What is he talking about? No. Yeah, that's exactly how I was. So I was like, oh, what the hell? I'm so desperate right now. And plus I liked it because... I was tired of eating breakfast. Oh my god! <laughs> of all the things, <laughs> I that's like, Thank the god number I don't one thing. Eat breakfast can... anymore. <laughs> that's, that's the number one thing that I remember. That that's I was good. like, I'm going to give this a try because he says I don't have to eat breakfast. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that part too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the things that we fixate on. You know. Well, I was also like boiling my oatmeal every morning and I hated it oh my god I hate oatmeal too makes me gag pretty much my last straw just like another really quick story of oatmeal is I had because I'd always have to wait for it to you know I didn't like oat the instant so I would like you know do it on the stove top and it would have to wait and then it was always too hot to eat right away so I would often take my bowl and I was training clients like at like the crack of dawn in the morning so I'm trying to like get this first meal in really really fast and I had recently gotten a new car and I had my bowl of oatmeal on the passenger seat and then I I braked quickly for like a light I don't remember what happened but the bowl rolled off the seat and oatmeal just like went all over the carpet Oh, and then I was driving, so I couldn't just like you know pull over and like clean it up. And then it started to to like dry, and it was like cement. Oh, it is like cement. That's it was, like, so cement. disgusting. And I couldn't. I I never got it all out. Oh, jeez. And I was just like <laughs> infuriated with this oatmeal. Like he's like hate you. I already hated you, and now I just hate you that much more. So okay, I'm done. No, I, I feel the same way about oatmeal. And it's probably because, like, it was the only breakfast food I could eat growing oh, right, up. Because, yeah, that's right. And, 
I and it, it's cheap, and we were poor. It was so I, I remember my grandma forcing that stuff down my throat. And I just oh gag it, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so now you don't have to eat breakfast anymore. It's great. Yes, it's awesome. The feel is there. I get it. But, and I, I just, I also remember like within the first couple of weeks, I didn't have a hard time with the initial 10 days. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any trouble at all. I was so used to not feeding myself that somebody telling me I could eat um, fats and proteins, I, I was full the whole time and had no cravings for sugar. I'm sure. So to me, it was amazing. Um, my problem came during the carb night. Uh-huh. Um, and I was struggling with this when I met you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can remember telling you like, I, I can't do it. Something happens. I get sick every time. Um, that happened for a couple of years. Like if I went and I had like a real carb night, I didn't make it. Yeah. So finding out what I could eat, how much I could eat, balancing it out, that was a process. Right. Well, cause you can't, and a lot of people, you know, I have to explain this to them when they first reach out about coaching um, or anybody who just asks questions like on the forums and and through you know, the website is when you read the book, it tells you to just basically go hog wild. Yeah, and that's not true. You can't, 90% of people can't do that. And most women shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> At least not in order to get what most of these women want when they're trying to do carb night um so and that was just old information also at the time that's the information that we had and it made sense for the most part and now we know more especially about women and how we store and release glycogen um but there's also there needs to be a level of experimentation like what carbs work well for you amounts spacing between them you know like I, i can't graze through a carb night it just doesn't work for me. And that's, yeah. And that's a process. It, it, it is a process. Um, and having having already ha- um, sensitive stomach, um, I think it was, it was worse for me. All those years of restric- restriction actually caused me to have more problems with food down the road and how my body digested them. Um, and in those early years of doing carb night, I was still very sensitive to certain foods, certain combinations of foods. Yeah, I'm sure. And it was a long elimination process. <laughs> Plus figuring out like, what are my numbers? I don't know. And, and being able to do that while doing the activity levels that I was doing. Because I was at the time crazy um, with my workouts. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. That's an yeah. Accurate, that's an accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> and I see a lot of like impressive training logs from people. And there's there's probably like five of people who I've ever worked with that, that like really stand out. And you're definitely one of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's the years of being a dancer. Like when you spend eight hours rehearsing and go from that to like being just a normal person, uh, (laughs) it's very hard and I did not adjust well. So uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I, that was my, probably my biggest problem right there. Uh, like I could have figured out the food a lot sooner if I hadn't been running my tail off. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's very true. Well, there's just there's way more way excuse me way more factors that you have to keep in mind, and not just the amount of activity, but the type of activity. And if you're doing more than one activity in a day, let alone a week period, that complicates things. 
And, and that's true. Like I would run in the morning and then I was dancing at night, like crazy, yep. crazy people. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do what I did. Read a book, relax. Yeah. Heal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, part of the process. Yeah. It, it just took me a long time. But again, it makes me a far better coach. Um, I feel like I'm way better at my job because of all the things I did wrong. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, and it's easier for you then to be able to spot those red flags in other people in, in their behaviors or little things that they might say that I think um, somebody else might miss because they never experienced that before. And I think especially if someone who sort of had secrets for a while, you learn how to say things to keep it a secret. Oh yeah, and for so sure. It's easy. It's easier then for you to be able to recognize those things and see them in somebody else. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely do within minutes of a first conversation with um, a potential client, I, I know if I'm going to be dealing with somebody who has, um, who's on the spectrum of eating disorders or an over-exerciser, um, it, it's very easy for me to spot and recognize and come up with a game plan for that because it is a, a you have to tackle it in a different way. Absolutely. Well, and it's one thing if if the individual is also aware of it or if they're still in denial about their own behavior. Because sometimes that awareness isn't there yet for them. You notice it, but if it's not something that they have even acknowledged, then, you know, having a, a path to help them get there is going to be different. Right. I think that you did that with with me because I had replaced controlling food with basically exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and I can remember you repeatedly telling me, like, you need to tone it down. Um, and now, now I see that that was a problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't aware of it when we first met. Right. Um, it, it took me a while to catch on to the fact that I had just traded one bad habit for another. Yeah. Well, and it's hard as a coach to find the right way to say, well, A, do, do you say something? Is that your place? That's not what I was hired to do. It, it's, a, it's a tricky situation when you're in it because you feel obligated to say something. But if, if you also know that that person might not be ready to hear that or you want to help them figure it out on their own, it's like, well, how long do I wait? How many different ways do I go about it? You know, it's, it's not, it's not straightforward at all. Right. And I think one thing that I struggle with, if I see them in a clinical setting, I, I can jump on it a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, if I see them in my private practice and they're coming to me for something completely unrelated to that, it is a very delicate situation mm -hmm. um, because they're not ready. Right. Um, yeah, so it's a struggle. It really is a struggle. And you, you have their best interest in mind, but they also have to um, be, be ready to take that next step and to help themselves. Right. Agreed. Which was made me so happy and proud to watch you like once even after we stopped working together and see you just doing what you're doing now. It's like it's very exciting, I must say. Very oh, proud. thank you. <laughs> um the the past few years have been kind of a, a roller coaster for me, but probably I, I've made more progress on myself in the past few years than I, I ever did in the tw 25 plus years before that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very proud of where I am too. Good. 
You should be. It's Thank very you. cool to watch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of like nerve wracking at the same time. It's kind of like, well, now that I, you know, am a parent, I, I feel like I, I had a lot of the same feelings in working with clients, like not that they're my children, but you know, like <laughs> I'm like, I want to like watch out for them and I want to help them, but like I can't hold their hand all the time and I have to let them do their thing and figure things out on their own. And then when you just sit back and you, you know, you watch someone fall and they get, they get back up and then they, they do better the next time. It is, it's like nerve wracking, but very exciting at the same time. I, I understand. Like I check in on past clients all the time and um, just to see how they're doing. And it's almost like they, they become family. Yeah, exactly. Um, and their successes are your successes. Um, that's why I love what I do so much because it, it totally fills my bucket. Yeah, yep, agreed. <laughs> agreed. <sighs> Very cool. Wow. But... <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I make you proud. Definitely. Totally do. Um, so, well, and one of the reasons that, one of the many reasons that I wanted you to be on the show and thought of you is obviously you have an incredible story. And I feel like we only like touched upon little pieces of it because obviously having known you before and all the conversations that we had during our time together, um, what you're doing now and the way that you talk about it I think is very approachable. It's like you mentioned at the very beginning too, like you laugh about things and you laugh at yourself and you don't think take things too seriously. And I think that's really helpful in all of these processes to have that kind of attitude. I'm glad that somebody likes it. I do. do. Well, it's, it can be a very serious topic and I feel like people get really neurotic and wrapped up in it and it's really not that big of a deal um I I I completely agree and I follow so many people in the fitness and nutrition industry on social media and a lot of it is just for my own entertainment I agree Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it they're just they I think that it's gone too far Mm -hmm. and I just I have to take a step back and realize that I, I'm not them. That is not my journey, and that's definitely not what I want to portray. Um, and I put out there what I would want. Um, and it, it's made me stand out. The, the following and the clientele that I've gotten from it have been more on my level. Um, and I think that it's allowed me to connect more with people who, who just need somebody to be real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to work with those people anyways. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't take myself too seriously. Um, and I am definitely unique out there. Um, and, and I like that. That's, I'm, I'm making me happy now. Um, and if that means I can help other people as well, that's even better. Agreed. 100% agree. And I'm so excited to talk to you more as you go through this, like, no, this next phase of education because, well, it's, it's, a topic that I get asked about a lot and I know a good amount, but I definitely don't know enough <laughs> uh, to be able to help everybody who has some of these hormonal issues and how complex they are. And I feel like it's a, a field of study that is so needed. We need more people who are educated in this area. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited to like find out what you learn and what you're able to share and who you're able to help because of it. Oh yeah, like I, I get once you get me going on that topic, that's like a whole episode or three or five okay, on its perfect. own because we'll schedule for next week. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> there's just so much information and so much talking about it that I could do um, 
just in correcting the bad information that's out there. Right. Well, that could be a fun show. We could just do like a, a what are they? What's it? True or false? Oh, I love those. We could totally do that. That'd be fun. Okay. You guys got to chime in if that's something that sounds good to you. Yeah. I think that would be like, fun. I love shooting down information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. We could have fun with that. Uh, I know I take some sort of sick pleasure in it, but <laughs> wrong. Don't believe no. <laughs> but yeah, I I would love to go down that that rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, sounds good. We'll we'll plan on it regardless. <laughs> Whether anybody listens or not, let's do it. <laughs> we could just do it for ourselves. That's totally fine. I feel like I do like ninety percent of podcasts for myself, and then if people like it, then that's a bonus. That's what I do with my Instagram stories. Pretty much. Like, I'm like, sounds good to me. <laughs> Maybe someone will listen. Sometimes I'm just talking to myself here, but you know, I've got something to say, and somebody's going to listen. Yep, I do. Okay, well, I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> it's hard to know though because it's. I think there, there's a way that you can see who watches them, but there. There is, but I'll start off with like 500 views, and then as it trickles, your story goes to, down. Yes, yeah. yeah, goes down and down and down, and in the end, there's like 50 people, and you know, one of them's my mom, and <laughs> one of them's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I was like, well, I'm making my mom proud. There you go. <laughs> But it's also nice, too, because I think you get a sense of, you know, what information people do find interesting, what keeps their attention, too. Because I I do notice that for myself as well, like when it comes to the stories in particular, which is also why I like to keep I don't want the podcast episodes to be super long. I feel like people might trail off unless we've like, you know, led into something that they feel like they have to listen to the end of. But a lot of people in their stories, like it's. It's hard to know, you know, of who's listening, who's going right. to stick around. Yeah. And I I have a very interactive following and I appreciate them for that because they do give me a lot of feedback. Yeah. Um, and there's sometimes where I get even a little overwhelmed by the amount of feedback that I get, uh, like announcing that I'm opening my own spa and I, I had like... 70 something dms by the time i got off work um it, i i it's way overwhelming but i do get kind of some guidance from that yeah agreed good yeah so well yeah. awesome well thank you so much for joining me today i know that we like covered a lot of different stuff and bounced around a little bit but you, I feel like you have so much value that you have to share because of everything that you've gone through and are still going through. Um, so thank you for sharing. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. This will be, there'll be more. You'll be back. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and if anybody has any questions um, on something, on one of the, the topics that we covered or future topics that you would like us to cover based on what we've already shared today feel free to ping either of us oh by the way where can people find you um they can find me at the Causey effect um that's on instagram facebook that's my website um i am the Causey effect <laughs> and does that cover both the nutritional side of things and the uh esthetician stuff um, well, because of the new spa, I am going to be integrating both of them. The Causey effects kind of, um, my Instagram is my personal life mm -hmm. plus my nutrition. It's everything, yeah. everything skincare is on there, but I will have a specific spa page nice. as well. That makes sense. Services yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I venture out your way, I will be sure. I mean, I wish that you had that open when I was living there. That would have been super convenient. I had like just arrived. I know, we like literally almost passed each other. I know. Like we, we had about a week. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works out. It is. It is. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will catch you guys next time.
Thanks so much. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance. <laughs>